0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Hello, Sally. Afternoon, Jane. How are you? Absolutely fit. On this beautiful sunny day. And looking forward to our travels. Absolutely. Are we heading overseas this morning, this uh, afternoon, we today? We will be, but part <laughs> of it, yes. I mean, I'll be heading there next week, but <laughs> ah, there you go. But you're looking forward to that too. I am, and exactly. And what I thought we'd talk about today, Jane, is the wonders of our own backyard. And I mean, we have discussed this before, how lucky we are in Australia to have such beauty and, and such diversity in what we have in Australia. But just to mention that we are... You know, have a lot of listings, should I say, in the natural wonders of the world here. And a lot of them people may know about and a lot they may not, of course. But just to briefly list them, we've got the Great Barrier Reef, the wet tropics of far north Queensland, Uluru, Kakadu National Park, um, Fraser Island, Shark Bay in Western Australia, the Rolandra Lakes region of New South Wales with that wonderful Lake Mungo and all those incredible old fossilised areas, the Tasmanian Wilderness, the Lord Howe Island Group, and a particularly interesting one, I think, is the Australian fossil mammal sites. And there's only two of those that have made it to the list, which is Riversley in Queensland and Narra in in South Australia, which I've been lucky enough to visit. And it is just an amazing place because it's um, a, a cave that's still alive. You know, a lot of these, you have wet caves and dry caves and so on. And the, the fossil remains there um, because they have these little holes that you can't really see and over millions of years of course the animals fall down and then they can't get out of these caves as they're being formed and so they've got layer upon layer of this incredible remains and um the one of the early ones of the kangaroo they've remade from bones like he was huge a massive creature you know very solid uh, with a snub nose not the long narrow nose that they have now and how they've changed and the wombats were about four times the size they are now so we had some huge creatures on our planet and I just thought to let people know we we are very lucky to be able to access these and most of our um, natural sites are fairly easily accessible these days so you can get to most of them without too much trouble I mean some of them are a little bit off the beaten track probably like the Willandra Lakes region and so on but Narra I mean it's it's just off the road going through the Coonawarra you know wine country leaving Adelaide to head down if you want to do the Great Ocean Road so it's just a little diversion and it's we went back one day and we we're so fascinated we actually had started to head south overnight before continuing on the Great Ocean Road, we thought, no, we can't. We've got to go back. We wanted to see one of the other caves, you know. Um, so it, it really is quite fascinating. Didn't they find the Rainbow Serpent there too, the original? The original Rainbow <laughs> Serpent. I'm not sure about that, Jane. Which is really interesting, all these yeah. legends and things which actually relate back to real animals. Well, that's right. And, I mean... To, with the World Heritage listing too, you've got you can have natural sites and cultural. They sort of as two listings you have, and so they've got to be outstanding examples representing major stages of the Earth's history, um, including a record of life, significant ongoing geological processes in the development of landforms, and so on. So they're looking at outstanding examples of these things, and, and the same within the cultural areas as well. But I thought just mentioning those, and even Shark Bay, people may not realise, you know, that Shark Bay is is on one of those listings as well. And it's called a, hy- a hypersaline area because it's protected by all these little islands around it that doesn't get the battering from the Indian Ocean. So you've got this incredible high saline level, which is amazing, and it stays warm all year round because the water isn't all that deep. And, of course, you've got a wonderful ecosystem there and, of course, Monkey Myers there with, with the dolphins and whales often you know, pause there when they're migrating as well. And So it's more dolphins than sharks in Shark Bay. Well, it is, isn't it? And you just, I often wonder why they call it Shark Bay was it because there was once a proliferation of sharks? I don't know. Or maybe they didn't know what they were looking at. The no, maybe they were. It. Yes, and that's, that's true because, I mean, initially you just see the fin and everyone goes, oh, shark, but often it is just a dolphin, isn't it? So, yeah, and then we've got, of course, the wonderful island, Fraser Island. I mean, it, it's the largest sand island on this planet and if you've not been to Fraser Island, I think that's something everyone should do. I mean, if you're only going up to the Sunshine Coast, it's not that much further north and you can pop across, um, whether you've got a four-wheel drive or if you go on a tour... Um, or stay, Kingfisher Bay Resort is quite stunning if you want to stay at a lovely accommodation establishment but you've got those beautiful lakes, Lake Mackenzie these pristine lakes which are above sea level which is Unique as well, and they're freshwater too, aren't they? Yes, they are freshwater lakes, which is quite astounding. There is apparently a one little bit of um, volcanic activity near Orchid Beach, but the the rest of the island is sand. So there was proof that well, from way back. So it is predominantly sand, obviously, but there is a little bit of remains of volcanic activity on Orchid Beach. So yeah, we're just very lucky to have these places, and I think you should try and include one of them or more, obviously, when you're travelling around Australia or doing any of your you know backyard travelling. We call it because we've got just so many places that, that have opened up and, and continue to and let's hope we are going to look after them world well. recognized sites absolutely fantastic we're talking travel and let me be at all these wonderful destinations sally lucas jane hi i thought we just mention a couple of little interesting tips for people traveling to spain um Now, last summer saw a really huge car rental shortage in Europe and particularly visitors to Spain and Portugal um, as well as other areas of Europe, but particularly those two areas. With the recession, it meant that a lot of the car hire fleets were allowed to contract, meaning that less cars were available for peak periods. And car hire companies either totally ran out of cars or the shortage meant that rates increased dramatically. Um, so the rates for car hire in places like Mallorca and the other Balearic Islands apparently doubled with prices in mainland Spain up 70% higher. So they've been recommending through some of the Spanish websites that I you know, adhere to that The recommendation, obviously, for this year is to book early, but I just thought I'd carry on from that and mention there is possibly going to be a shortage anyway because of the outgoing, ongoing, should I say, result of the um, volcano in Iceland. Because a lot of people now are either not flying or there are still some airport closures, particularly in in Spain and um, parts of Italy and France and and northern Ireland, England, where it's drifting down more towards the Atlantic. But people are obviously opting for car hire or trains rather than get caught up maybe in a flight that's not going to operate. So you will find that there's possibly going to be a shortage again this year as well. So I would really recommend not to just leave it till you get there and hope you can get a car. I mean, even, even so, even without this crisis, we usually find if you book a car from this end, particularly if it's a long term with a lease, which you've got to have usually for, you know, around about 17 day minimum, um, it's far cheaper to do it from this end. You really are locking yourself into a good price. And with car leasing in particular, it includes roadside assistance. It's, it's if it's your own car with all the benefits you get from your own car. So it, it works out a lot better for any long term car hire to actually lease um, and keep that in mind sometimes you may have restrictions though with relocating your vehicle it sometimes it has to be relocated within the same country otherwise you might have a fairly expensive relocation fee so you want to avoid that um, it, it does vary but I mean I've organized with clients prior that if they were sort of travelling within Italy, we could drop the car off at the nearest point to the French border on the Riviera, then they just hopped on a bus to do the next 30 kilometres or whatever into France and then pick up another one. So, And then you're obviating that Necessity for a really high relocation fee. Yeah, but just keep that in mind if you're thinking of renting a car in Europe this year that really try and get in book early. Same with the trains, by the way. A lot of the trains are booking out a long way ahead. So if you're doing particularly any of the longer train journeys on, on the TGV or any of the fast or rapide trains, you really would need, and you do have to make reservations for those anyway, whether you're here or over there. So if you know your dates from this end, it would be wise to to lock those in as well. Mm. What about access to your money? There's been some problems there. There has, um, and this has been in Spain. um, And there's been a tendency apparently when using cash machines in Spain, this is whether you want it to be charged in euros or sterling. And it seems that most tourists don't know which is best for them, a lot of them will select sterling without realising that then they're accepting a very poor exchange rate between the Spanish and the, so you've just got to be a little bit careful, so you should select the option of not accepting the conversion to the non-euro currency and um, apparently, a uh, rumor has it that the Spanish banks are adding an additional 2.5% commission when you accept the conversion to sterling as well. So, yes, I mean, talk about adding insult to injury, eh? So, but just accept the money in euros and ignore any other options, I would suggest is the best way to go. Um, and always read up on all these sort of things before you go and check with your provider, whether it's a credit card or your cash passport card or, you know, read your conditions carefully, know what sort of interest you paying on withdrawals um don't withdraw like little amounts too often otherwise you're paying a lot of interest so you know it's not wise i know to have a lot of cash on you but still don't you know just get out fifty dollars at a time or something silly you'd need to get the equivalent of at least you know a couple of hundred dollars that's going to last you over a couple of days you don't want to be having to go to an atm all the time and paying all the interest rates that you would be paying so just just be careful i guess is the whole thing and like you like you are here i mean just just be this careful you know, overseas, or if not more so than you are here, obviously. And always be careful of your handbag, ladies. That's still one of those things. Even in Australia, you know, it's a, it's a scam. People can distract your attention at a restaurant and you've got the bag on the floor by your feet instead of on your lap or over your shoulder. They'll start a conversation. The two of you might turn and chat to that person meanwhile someone else has come in and snuck your little handbag away with probably your passport and everything else in it so always be careful of your belongings you know when you travel make sure you photocopy everything leave a set of everything at home as well as leave a set somewhere hidden in another suitcase so if anything does happen you know if you need to go to an embassy or you know get something sorted out with passports at least you've got the copies of your documents thank you sally lucas thank you jane on to nurfm 103.7